Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show once again. Uh, thank you to everyone, all the people that have supported us up until this point. Thank you to our new uh, listeners for joining us. Really lovely to have you on board. Thank you very much. Lovely, lovely to have you here. Lovely to have you here. I uh, hope you're all well. I hope you're getting back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of them. We'll, we'll 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 do our best to crack on with what we're doing. I'm I'm running up and round, running up and down the country gigging, which is always a pleasure, never a chore. So um, if you see my name on a poster somewhere, uh, do pop along and uh, have a laugh because I'm honestly, you'll have a nice time. I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not being beginning, right? I'm actually on a bit of, a, I have a bit of a purple patch. I'm having a nice time. Uh, so if you come along, you'll have a nice time as well. I guarantee it. So yeah, come and say hello. Be nice to see you. Nice to speak to you. Uh, thank you to our patrons as well. We really appreciate all the work you do helping us keep this going. And you know, if you're listening to this, do us a favour. Tell your friends. Spread the word because that's how we build the audience. That's how we get this. We get this uh, podcasting to more ears and helping more people by you telling your friends and family of what you've listened to. Um, funnily enough, we mentioned family in, in this episode. I I don't know if it's because of my upbringing. I don't know. I've got a lovely family. I love my family dearly. But we're not huggers. We're not close. We're close in in, in some respects. But we're not. We're not. You know. We talk about that in the episode actually about families that have WhatsApp groups and things like that. So um, yeah. Listen. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with it all. Who? Do you know what? I go through. I go through phases. Sometimes I'm all right with it. Sometimes I'm not. I don't. I, I, sometimes I've got my head around life, and sometimes I haven't. So it's the same with all of us, isn't it? Anyway. This week's guest is a, is a lovely man called Graham Rayner. I met Graham a few years ago. We talk about it in the episode when that was. Um, and I just, yeah, I just got on with him. And, you know, the thing is with this podcast, and we mentioned that at the end, um, I just want people on that I can have a nice chat with. You know, like you might not necessarily have heard of these people, maybe, but, you know, after this, you will have done. And, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're decent people that I think have got something to say. And it's nice to have a chat with him. So, you know what, Graham, lovely fella. And I wanted him on. I got him on. We had a good chat. There'll be some kerfuffle in the background because he's, he's recording this from his um, house. So his dog goes mad at one point and you'll hear all manner of gubbins going on. But this is the beauty of the world we live in now when we're recording via Zoom from our own houses. You're going to hear life happening around us. So you'll hear that. Yeah, that will that'll come up. So anyway, look. Anyway, let's get on with it, shall we? Coming up in a minute is Graham Rayner. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Um, how you been? Is that a dog up in here? <laughs> it is. It's my dog. Is this what it is? Is there's a treat jar that he can see, and he's just decided that now is the time. He's been fucking silent all morning, and now's the time he wants a few treats. So I'm just going to slam <laughs> some into the back garden, and he can piss off out there for a bit. Come on, Eric. There you go, mate. Right, go on. There you go. So carry on, crack on. This is a daily part of my life now because I work from home during the day. My yeah. dog is my office buddy, basically. <laughs> so yeah, it's one. It's funny. It's and they always know when you're when you're about to do something. Yeah, they just they yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he feels like he's about to be busy. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. Or Damien, our, her, our Hermes stroke. Every guy will turn up in a minute, even though I've ordered nothing. Oh yeah, you know. So you know, yeah. Well, at least he's turning up, mate. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a good guy. I'm on first name terms with him. That's that's the lockdown for you. Wow. You know, we actually got to be quite good pals. You know, <laughs> so. we we did. I think we all went a bit. We all went a bit mad, didn't we? Ordering far too much yeah, shit. Yeah. There was nothing else to do, was there? So, no. <clears throat> you know, we just yeah. I um, as much as I like, I this is the thing. Being a comedian, we get to travel around the place. And now I try. I travel up all these motorways, motorways across the length and breadth of our great country, and uh, the the motorways. There's no view anymore. It's just distribution centres, as far yeah. as the eye can see. And I'm like, that is really sad. But then I'm like, I am part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know? it. I, I'm. I like. I'm like. Yeah, buy local. Buy local, and then twenty Amazon parcels a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or oh, support it's, local restaurants. McDonald's just eat. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's one of them. It's like I want to buy local, but when I go to when I go local, the amount of times I've been and it's the stuff is off, or mm. what's happened is it's too expensive, and you're like, yeah, ah, this is what's happening. It's and it's not their fault. I get it. No. You know, whoever's in charge of everything wants us to be. They want us to be sitting at home ordering shit off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, but, yeah. you know because that's because it's just it, it, the thing is human beings we're lazy 
don't we? Really? Absolutely. <laughs> it's all on a plate for us these days as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, there's a few psychopaths out there that are always grinding, always out there doing stuff. But for hmm. the majority of us, it's just, you know, I just want to shout at the sky and say, yeah, you know, all of this, Alexa, all of that. And then it just appears in my lap 20 minutes later. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. How, have you been anyway? How are you? How are you? I'm all right, mate. I mean, it's, what is it, beginning of January. Um, it's a weird month, January. Um, yeah. It's always one that I'm always, an- not anxious about, but I'm kind of always have to prepare myself for, because it's kind of, the, it feels it always feels like the bleakest month of the year. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm doing all right at the moment. Yeah, I'm just sort of trying to um, sort my shit out for the year ahead, as it were, Get you know, have a plan for the year ahead, and just, um, which I don't normally do. I'm not normally a planner. I'm just trying to kind of have a bit of focus of where I want to end up this year and you know, personally, physically, mentally and professionally and just trying to have a bit yeah. of a plan, which is probably the most, it's easier said than done, but it's the most grown up thing I've ever done in terms of looking at myself, I think. But yeah, um, it's not something I've done in the past, really. It's one, it's one of them. I think it's this, this is common misconception that everybody else is organised and everybody else has got it sorted and everyone it's cracking on with their new year. You're like, no, 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 we're all the same. We've all just come out mm. of Christmas. We've all, I've just said this on another one, you know, we're all, we're now getting the bills for all the money we spent at Christmas. You know, all those yeah. Christmas, we're like, fuck it, it's Christmas. And now we're having to pay for it. And so that's, there's that to, 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 to that's bearing down on us. The weather's shit. Yeah, it's cold. You know, if you look at the news too mm. much, that'll fuck you up. We've just, you just got to remember that most people, are in the same boat. We're all kind mm. of just, you know, we're all getting going again after Christmas. And, but we do, we, we do forget. And uh, we look at social media, our comedic colleagues or our colleagues, wherever we work, they all look like they're smashing it and you're yeah. not. And you're like, you know, it's just, that's how it's portrayed. You've got to remember. Yeah. yeah we're all yeah. pretty much the same. You know, it's hard though, isn't it? It's hard to keep to, to think that way. It is it, because you get that, like you say, that thing of um, looking at other people and what they're doing and comparing yourself and, you know, anything in the arts or, or any of those kind of pursuits naturally makes you do that. Um, yeah. And everyone outwardly portrays that veneer of everything's going hunky-dory and actually, you know, everybody's wondering if they're still going to be the flavour of the month or if they've got good things ahead and all that shit. So it's, I think it's really, um, it's really easy to sort of paint yourself into a corner of worrying about other people too much and, you know, it's I'm I'm 45 now. I haven't got time for that shit anymore. If I can help it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. so. I'm just trying to focus on me a little bit and 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 you know look ahead. And I had some therapy last year for the first time, which I'd resisted, and then I sort of thought, fuck it, I need to talk to someone and just get my head straight. And uh, and it was the best thing I ever did. It was great. Yeah, uh, about half a dozen sessions, um, and uh, yeah, really sorted me out about just sort of always asking that question of what's really going on. So when you see someone who says they've roofed a gig and, you know, a sold out, a sold out festival gig is always my favorite when you know that it's like a 25 seater or something. Um, (laughs) And once you've done it for a few years, you get to learn the the code, don't you, that, you know, what that really means or whatever. And you just think, well, you know, all right, they're they're, they're putting a brave face on it or they're, they're, they're selling themselves, but it is a sales pitch. And what's really going on is that they're just as worried as I am. So, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 exactly that. You've got, yeah, like I said earlier, you got to focus on the fact that really we're all we're all trying to we we have peaks and troughs, you know. Like sometimes we're mm. smashing it, sometimes they're smashing it. Sometimes whatever it's all a, it's all a bit of a roller coaster, which is a bit of a cliche, I know. But 
you know, it's, I think just keep, yeah, just keep yourself focused on that. Remind, you know, remind yourself that you're doing all right. You're doing all right. You, you're, you're alive. You're doing all right. Mm. You know, mm. yeah, we all need to go and have it. I think we all need a bit of counseling, you know, like what, what made you go and do that? Was it just a series of things or? Um, I've had like issues for, for quite a while. My mum died, uh, 14 years ago. All oh, right, and well, sorry, um, so yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a long time ago, but it's still sort of it's still with me a lot. And like, I was, um, I didn't deal with it much at the time. I didn't. I went through a really weird period where I would beat myself up because I didn't think I, I'd, I'd had a big enough reaction to my mum dying. I don't know if that makes any mm. sense. Yeah, I had yeah, this yeah. idea of how people should react. I was thirty years old. My mum had died. I should react a certain way, and I and I sort of got harsh on myself about that. Um, and within a couple of years, I was diagnosed with depression, um, and I had a bit of a breakdown and then, and it nearly cost me my, my marriage, my kids and everything. I, I behaved like a prick at the time, a really self-centered oh, prick mate. at the time because I was being a self-centered prick at the time because I was in the middle <laughs> of a depression. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then I sort of, I, I self-managed after that for a while. Um, that's my fucking dog again. I don't know what he's doing. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I self-managed for a while and then a year ago, literally a year ago last week, I ended up going back to the doctor because I'd, I'd had a massive row with my wife uh, over fuck all. We were going to the cinema mm. and I just blew up and I ended up not going. I stormed, I went back out of the car, left, left my wife with, a, with my kids who are now teenagers and just went fuck it. And I sat in the house on my own and I went, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Um, and so... Um, I, I rang the doctor and I just and, and the experience this time was loads better than the first time. Yeah. The first time I was basically I was put in a queue for for uh, CBT cognitive behavioural therapy, which did fuck all to help me anyway. And I was just sort of bunged to antidepressants. This was like as I say, for 12, 13 years ago. Um, and like six months later, I came off them and I just started running and doing other stuff to sort of sort my head out. This time I had a, a younger doctor who was really switched on and had a proper conversation with me, had a few proper conversations with me. Um, and he, I went back on antidepressants and, and he said, you, the problem was you came off them far too quickly last time. You came right. off them after six months and, and these days we think you need to be on them for at least 18 months to kind of really protect you against the future, if you like. Um, yeah. And so that was what made me to get some help was just realising that I, I just sort of had a really irrational row that wasn't... Mm me um yeah and a few other signs that i know about and and that was it so last year was a really sort of different year for me um lost a load of weight lost like four and a half stone i've got loads more to lose because i'm still huge by my standards what i think i should be um but i sorted my head out and then at, i was at a gig actually and in the audience was a therapist um and yeah. um i didn't i didn't know she was a therapist until after the gig she'd hung around with a few mates and um I just did that thing after the gig of having a chat with a couple of the audience members while I was clearing my stuff up. I said, I never got to talk to you, did I? But you seem to have had a good time. And she said, yeah. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm a therapist. And I made a joke of, all oh, right, so you just hang around at comedy gigs looking for comedians for your books, do you? Because we're all fucked in the and, um, Yeah. And she said, no, but, you know, if you ever want to chat. <laughs> and then within two weeks, I was on her books. Um, and she was all great. Right. So... It was a really weird, really weird sort of scenario, and I didn't actually initially even talk to my wife about it. I just went and did it, and then I sort of sat down with the wife and went, "I've just, you know, I've started having a bit of therapy. Um, I get the money back through it through through my day job anyway, so it's all great, you know." Um, oh, mate! So yeah, it's good. And you feel like, I, you're in a like you know, place I think now. everyone should have a, everyone should have a, t a taste of it, you know? Yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah. <coughs> and, and actually, part of the reason why I thought I would do it now is that I felt I felt like by that time I was in a better place 
So it was about, I wasn't trying to fix me now, but I was kind of trying to learn about me for the future so that yeah. the next dip isn't as deep or whatever. So, yeah. I think I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there with when you mentioned antidepressants, you mentioned counselling, and I think, like I said, you've hit the nail on the head there. Where people seem to think that it, it, once you do, once you have counselling, once you have on antidepressants, that that's it. You're on those. Mm. You're having counselling for life, but it's not. You have those things to kind of repair any damage. Kind of like you know, kind of like repair some punctures in your mm. life. You know, and give you the tools to be able to carry on and recognise when you're when you're slipping again. Like you said, like you can you can feel if you're going to be in that sort of getting into that kind of headspace again. You can kind of go right, and I, I can see I can see what's coming. I need to do this, this, and this, and that will stop me going back into that that yeah. hole. You know, recognising what it was that was making you feel that way in the first place. Mm. You know, and hopefully. You know, you you can deal with it going forward because it's never going to. It doesn't go away. You just kind of no. Yeah, you get you, you just learn how to deal with it, don't you? You know, because it's it's. I think life's hard. It is hard. We mention that a lot on this podcast. Life's really hard. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's often once we get our heads around that, it's easier to deal with. Yeah, I mean the thing about life is well, it's hard, but it's also really easy to make it even harder for yourself than it needs to be. <laughs> with all the other shit, you know what I mean? And Mate, I think yeah. that's what what the therapy and what and what just really self-reflecting is sort of giving me a bit of insight into it's just like don't don't have to make it harder for yourself it's hard enough you know yeah uh, yeah i'm the i'm the worst at that I've, i am now in the process of dealing with the things that i've been burying my head a, 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 about and now i'm having to make the phone calls and trying to explain to people why they go well, why don't you phone us and you go because i i don't know i just let it build up and i've not been mm. well and this has happened and that has happened. And they mm. can't really, some people can't understand it. Or some people do. And, you know, it's a tricky one to, and then you just, you just get annoyed with yourself. You're like, if I'd have just fucking made this phone call mm. last year, I would have been fine. Now I've made it's it so worse. simple now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you always been that way? Have you found it easy to talk about your feelings and stuff growing up? No. Not not no. until probably not until I hit that low like twelve years ago, and then um, that probably coincided with that relatively recent thing of blokes being more open and and more encouraged yeah. to talk about their feelings. My my um, my wife's sister married one of my best mates, and uh, he's from Rotherham, um, and he's an ex miner turned visual artist. So he's a bit of a an interesting wow. character anyway, and uh, and he's he's ten years older than me, and uh, he he always was very dismissive of in that way that a lot of kind of older working men, you know, the, the, from that background mm -hmm. used to be of what have you got to be depressed about? Depression's not really real, just just man up and all that. And he used to be like that all the time. And and I suppose that sort of, because I looked up to him a lot, that was one of those things where it made it quite hard. And having fact, people like that in my own family to talk about stuff like that. Um, yeah. They ended up getting divorced and then uh, I reconnected with him online uh, a couple of years ago and found out they'd been having therapy and, and sort of ah. and, uh, so it almost, it wasn't like a sweet moment. It was just like a fucking, see, so you get it now, right? You get it now then. And he was yeah. like, I should have done it years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I came from a background, my family, uh, you know, I was, I was born just outside Glasgow, Glaswegian family, you know, Scots and whatever. My mum had been through some real shit young in the younger days and we just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, she was a victim of domestic violence for a long time at the hands of my 
biological father. Um, and the fact that I call him my biological father tells you he wasn't really my father, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just didn't talk about shit like that. She sort of, we would, there was a thing of trying to maybe insulate each other from each other's troubles a lot. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, hit my thirties, had a, had that moment and kind of talked about it a lot, but, and I've heard you talk about this on the podcast before, uh, much easier at talking to other people about their stuff and help, oh, and feeling like I'm helping yeah. them than sharing my own shit until, until that thing I've been able to kind of share stuff, talk, writing blogs online or do podcasts or just talk to mates and, and find that other mates are going through similar things. And, um, yeah, so these days I don't shut up about it. I bang on far too much about it probably, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, I, I just think it, it helps me and, it, and also if it helps other people, then because sometimes I find that people will look at me and say, probably you'll probably get this as well, where, oh, you're really confident, you're funny, you're, you always seem up. You know, if you can be having this, these issues, then it kind of makes it okay that I'm who not who aren't like that. I'm mm. having them as well, kind of thing. So, um, yeah. I think that that sometimes is good to share as well. Absolutely, I think what's happening though is a few, especially in our uh, in our industry, there seems to be a few people that are now they're almost poo pooing it. And they're going to go, all right, we get it. We get it. Mm. We, you talk about your feelings, you know. You're talking about depression. You talk about this. We get it, you know. I think every, we've, we've talked about it now, and you're like, no, it, it's still ongoing because yeah, it's not fixed, is it? It's not fixed, <laughs> yeah. and it, and only and again, just before Christmas, I found out. I just found out that someone else that I, I know has as uh, as shut himself off a off a fucking station platform, and you're like. Fucking mm. hell! Just and again, it was another one that had uh, no clue, no clue, no, no, and and that's no. and that's what we need. That's why we do this is to stop that. And it, again, it was like you just sit back and you go, but but they, I spoke to him. It's fine. How did that? And yeah, it, yeah. So there is a conversation still need to be had. Yeah, you know? I think the statistics are still that like one one man under forty five an hour will will commit suicide. In this country, every every yeah. day, one an hour. You know, you know there, there's still something wrong, then, isn't there? You know, and, and and for everyone saying that you talk about it too much, you get the flip side of it. You get the you get all the the yah. Social media is like such a double edged sword, but you get all the yahoos on there, the Andrew Tates and all those kind of pricks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they're they're the flip side of it. You know, Piers Morgan. I can't stand that guy, and I don't want to give him any any airtime or anything. But you know, repeatedly, he if you hear a, a celebrity talking about their issues, which should be a cause for celebration in a way where you go, mm. okay, again, you know, I think Brad Pitt talked about it once and he was like, what the fuck's Brad Pitt got to be depressed about? And I was like, oh, come on, mate. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What we should be saying is if even Brad Pitt with everything he has is getting <laughs> fucked in the head, then, then maybe he's just endemic and we just, you know, but I just think, for everyone that talks about it, they're doing, they've got to be doing some good. And if you don't want to listen to it, just switch off. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's so much out there. You know, if people were listening to this now thinking, fucking hell, he's going on about it, it'll switch off, you know? Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. listen to something else, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's horses for courses. I would never say that, though, because your podcast is excellent, Mitch. So. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, don't switch off. <laughs> no, no, no don't, I know don't you switch mean. off. Just stay and suffer. Though, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, that's it. And there has been times when I've thought, oh, maybe, maybe these people are right. Maybe... Maybe the conversation's been had, and then we should start, you know. But the, the point of this podcast, and I say it all the time, is is people talking about what they've been through and how they dealt with it, and how they're now sort of not out the other side, but how they've managed to keep on coping with it, mm. rather than just wallowing in, you know, self pity and things like that. 
And then, and then uh, you know, I meet, I meet people and they, that was a guy, a young lad at Christmas. Oh, I can't remember his fucking name. What was his name? Came up to me at a gig in Brighton, him and his, him and his builder mates. And they were ripping him all night, just going, ah, oh, he's been on about, he's been going on about Rich all fucking night, all fucking night. Mm. And then he, he came over at the end. I didn't know any of this was happening. He came over at the end and he just went, I just want to say, Rich, you've really helped me with the podcast. You have been, you, he goes, you've been my best mate for a year. And I had no fucking clue. Yeah, and I yeah. went, what? Really? And just, so when I have those moments where I go, yeah, this is the point. What's the point? I have to remember that and that young lad coming up mm. to me and he made me, honestly, I nearly cried my eyes out outside the toilet. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? You know, I know it sounds silly, but it is kind of lovely, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it just kind of shows you that you're not speaking into a void, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. I mean, like you know, you, you know, you, you and I, even though, you know, we came, we grew up in different parts of the country. You know, we grew up, I imagine, very similarly. You know, very, you know, working class mm. background. You know, uh, like you said earlier, in an environment where talking about your feelings wasn't really encouraged. Not because you know, I've got a very my my parents very supportive, but it was just the environment that you grew up in. It was kind of like, you know, pull your socks up. They probably wouldn't have known how to deal with it either. They wouldn't no, have known what no. the reaction should be or, you know, no. what, what how to process all that stuff because no one had ever done it for them either. And, you know, it's... it's I do. I genuinely have a lot of more hope for the next generation now. My kids talk about their feelings all the time and they're like 13 and 15. Um, yeah. And they're, they're much better equipped at, at talking about that stuff. And, you know, my daughter's got exams this year. She's suffering from some some associated anxiety from it and she's she's dealing with it with the school you know she's actually been but then the school have yeah. got facilities to deal with it and i don't i don't ever remember any kind of mental health lead at, at my school when i was at school in the 80s and 90s and you know but now they've got somebody whose responsibility they don't teach their sole responsibility is making sure that the kids are okay um yeah. you know so it's fantastic but my daughter also is having that grown-up conversation at 15 she's 16 in a couple of weeks um to say right i'm not right it's affected me what can we change at school to help me? You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And, and that's just brilliant to me. And that just it sort of says that as a parent, me or as parents, my wife and I are doing it all right. And as as a, as a society, as much as a lot of things are screwed, things are a lot better than they used to be. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I do remember though, my dad. So I I was with my the mother of my children, and we'd broken up for the first time in like the early early nineties or whenever or whenever it mm. was, and. I was back at mum and dad's staying there. And I remember waking, my mum was working nights and I remember waking up my dad, it was at 5am and he was still at work. And I woke him up at 5am and I'm like, dad, I really need to have a chat. And he did. And he sat up and he went, yeah, what's going on? And it was the first time ever. And he just said, he went, well, you know, if you've, you've got to go back and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And we had a proper chat. He didn't, he didn't go, yeah. it's 5am, Rich. I've got to be up for work in a couple of hours yourself is dickhead he actually <laughs> sat, he, he sat up with me and i, I he, and i'm like yeah so they were they they said what i was able later on to be able to talk to them but like you say there wasn't a framework at school and it's uh, my lads kind of i think it started to change with my lads were at secondary school you know that's <clears throat> that's when i started to first hear about you know, like taking care of like mental health, and if someone's struggling with it, because when we were, when I was doing exams, I mean, I'm a lot older than you. When I, you couldn't turn around and go, I'm finding this really stressful. They go, Yeah, you're supposed to. It's an exam. Yeah, you know? deal with it. <laughs> deal with it, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the thing is as well is that it's when, certainly when I was at school, 
If other, if I went to a, an all boys school until uh, after GCSEs, it was co-ed and sixth form, and um, like if people were showing sort of signs of depression or or stuff that now we would look know the signs of, it was often seen as like a bit of attention seeking behaviour or or you know what's what's going on there kind of thing. I had a mate who was quite often in low moods, and I look back at it now and I go, well, he was he was suffering from. The, probably as part of just those that teenage process, but he was really depressed at times, and yeah. and a lot of us just put it down to oh, is this, he's oh god, you know, he's seeking attention again, and it's like, and even if that's what he's doing, if that's a pattern of behaviour where the only way he's feeling all right is by, then that in its in itself is a sign that something's not right, you know what I mean? And now yeah. we kind of get it, but then it was just like fuck, let's just just grow up a bit, you know, or stop stop being such a, a whatever, you know, and um, so I do think things are better now um, in a lot of ways, but I think that. You know, the advent, particularly, I know everyone bangs on about it, but social media is just such a fucking toxic place. My kids don't have it. We, oh, really? She's, she's, she's 16 in a couple of weeks, and I'm waiting for the conversation where she's like, well, I can do what I want now. But we um, we sort of monitor their phones and stuff, and not in like a big brothery way, but we don't, you know, they, they don't, they've got WhatsApp, but they don't have Twitter or, or Snapchat mm. or any of that stuff, just because it's, I don't see that they need it, and it's such a toxic place, you know. Um, yeah, and it's a shame because it could don't... be, it could be such a place of beauty and wonder. Oh, and... absolutely, it could be a force for real good. And it, I think yeah. that's the thing now is when my daughter gets to that age of, you know, she can choose herself anyway. It's just going to be that thing of right, okay. So how are you going to use it? What what do you want to do? Here's the pitfalls. You know, don't mm. don't let you know maybe protect your account or whatever, and just kind of just try and I suppose walk through it with them um, because you can't you can't put them in cotton wool forever. But um, why anyone under sixteen needs to be on. Twitter, for example, I've got no idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, true, uh, true. Do you know what it is? Yeah. It's, it's, what's happening now? I've noticed is that young people are starting to come away from it. I was a, mm. I was, I can't remember where I was. I was on, I was sitting on some kind of public transport, and there was a girl, a young girl, just sat opposite. And I could hear her talking, and she was just saying to her mate, "She's going, nah." She says, "I've," she goes, "I've deleted it all off my phone. Got rid of TikTok." She goes. She goes, I was just I was just scrolling through my phone and it was just I wasn't even she goes, I was just looking at it. Hours, mm. hours, just, mm. just and she and she said, I just suddenly realised one day I'm just wasting my time. Mm. So and so I think I think yeah, there is yeah, there's millions of people on there, but there's also millions of people that are going, Fuck this, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think it's that danger of um like there's a commodification of it where it's like if you put something out there that you're proud of and then it doesn't get any response. It can really yeah. be soul destroying. Yeah, absolutely. and so like, I sort of trying to say to my daughter about stuff like that because she's at that age. It's like, well, you know, you're, you're worth more than the opinions of people you've never met, kind of thing. But then the flip side is she's in a house with someone who's an aspiring kind of up and coming ish comedian. And right. so when I put yeah. stuff out there and I go, oh, I did this video and it got so many likes. <laughs> and it's like, so I kind of I'm kind of like not practicing what I preach a bit as well. But it's I suppose that's the nature of the beast. But it's um, it's a tricky one. Um, but it's yeah. tricky with what we do because it's now it's now part of what we do. We have to be self-publicising, and we have to yeah. in order to get you know. There's there's a, I've seen now there's a, a few gigs now they're they're booking people that are, because they've got a big following online. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're it's a consideration definitely. You yeah. know, because I, I promote as well locally. And sometimes, like, I've just started promoting a, a gig at the local town hall, which is like a 450-seater, so it's a big deal for yeah. me because I'm normally doing, like, pubs and clubs. Um, and so it's like, well, okay, we're going to have to spend some proper money on this. The, the headliner has to be someone with some TV credits because we want to get people in that 
aren't yeah. part of the normal crowd. And then if you're open, if you can get someone who's got a big social media following, and it's like obviously their ability counts, but then the next box to tick is how are they bringing in punters? You know, how, yeah. how are people going to know? And, and social media is massive for that now. Um, yeah. It really is. You know, I, I didn't even know about TikTok until lockdown. And then suddenly, no, of course, I'm, none I'm of us on did, it all yeah. the time now. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly it's like, you get, but I've, I've gigged where people have been doing their first gig. I'd gigged in, in Middlesbrough a couple of, just before lockdown. And there was a guy there who was doing his first stand up gig, but he'd got like half a million YouTube subscribers from doing like stuff to camera or pranks or all this kind of shit. Mm. And, and the pub was full of people who'd come to see him because he was kind of locally, he was famous for YouTube. No one yeah. had come to see the actual established comedians or, you know. Um, and, you know, it, it was just weird. It was bizarre to think, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing necessarily. Stick yeah. a microphone in his hand instead of a camera and he's a bit out of his comfort zone, let's put it that way, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a bit odd. Bit odd. But you know yeah, what? It's more of... It is, and there are people that someone was telling me about a name the other day, and they went, he's selling out arenas. And I went, I don't even know who it is. Who is it? No. And show me the name. So I went, I've never seen this person in my life. They went, well, he's massive, and he's selling out mm. arenas. And I'm like, fuck you now. This whole other world has like opened mm. up now. Like mm. When we were growing up, there were, mind you, there must have been bands around or whatever that people that were still smashing it, but you know, they were like a cult following. Yeah. But but now there are people that, yeah, I've never heard of. Yet millions of people are into them. Yeah. They go and watch their stuff. There is one, though, and I can't remember his name, and they were showing me, they went, this guy's massive, and it was fucking dog shit. And I was watching it, I was like, <laughs> what, what are you seeing in this that I don't see? And it's not because I'm old, it's like, that's yeah. shit. That is no, fucking shit. No technique, no, no, yeah. I suppose it's a bit like, because you get into boxing as well now, don't you? I know you were talking to, to um, Milo, Troy Hawk, oh, about yeah. boxing. And I'd imagine if I was a pro boxer, um, and then suddenly some YouTuber I've never heard of comes along and is getting paid millions to yeah. box another YouTuber I've never heard of. And you, it must look like a fucking fight outside a pub on a Sunday night or something, <laughs> you know, compared to what they're capable of. Yeah. And it, you must be, part of me would be like, get your tanks off my lawn, mate. You know what I mean? This is my arena. <laughs> this is my fucking job. But I don't know. But I think I genuinely think, I mean, certainly with our game, you won't get, you won't last long if, if you are shit just because you've got a following. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in terms of the way promoting works and the way that people, people, I mean, you're going to have to do your own thing. You're not going to get booked. If you're crap, I no. So. no, no, that's it. At the end of the day, you got to be good at this, and yeah. that's that's yeah, yeah. But that's the same with everything. That's like all jobs, isn't it? it mm. I wonder how many. I wonder how many people in like other other fields are getting usurped by people just because they've got a big following on YouTube. You know, there's like. I know some accountant somewhere. They're like that bloke doesn't even know how to count, <laughs> but, but he's on TikTok all day with his advocates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Works, it's only going to be art and a bit of sport in it. You know, that's it. Yeah. Must be hard, like you say, with boxers and sports people. That especially well, boxers, especially where they train like, their whole life. They've been training really yeah. hard for the moment, and like you say, yeah. some fucking spotty Herbert just jumps up and goes, "Oh, yeah." I'd, I, the, the the temptation to go, yeah, all right, I'll fight you, and just pummel them yeah. into the floor. Knock them through to next week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I'd like to see that, though. That's the thing. I'd like to see that. Instead, of, <laughs> instead of fighting, like, a 55-year-old ex-boxer, they've done that as well, and they're, like, retired boxers who are just there for the payday and whatever, and yeah, who aren't yeah, going to yeah. go fully at them. But, you know, stick them in there with a, a job in 
you know, semi-pro boxer who wants to make a point and see what happens. Yeah. That'd be interesting. They smack him up into the rafters. I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that, and then I would pay to see that. That's the thing. <laughs> Going back to so your has your dog calmed down now. Your dog was going. Yeah, yeah, he's gone upstairs. He's he's opened the lounge door by himself and gone upstairs and sat on the bed. So that's <laughs> it. It'll be all right for a bit now. Have you always had? Have you always had pets? No, no. I want the lad. Well, let's say I want the lad. We never had them as kids. Um, no, I don't know why. Um, so my wife, my wife's family always had dogs. Um, and then uh, my wife had a hysterectomy. She had um, uh, cervical cancer. Uh, oh like shit! Ten Sorry, years mate. ago. No, well she. She 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 doesn't mind me talking about it, but she hates. I'm not allowed to say she was ill because she wasn't because they caught it so early. She had a routine smear test and they caught it. Basically, yeah. they sort of said that it was that early that if she'd had a smear test about a month or two before, she probably wouldn't have caught it. Oh so wow! She caught it as early as they could catch it, but because of the nature of it, right, hysterectomy is the way to go. Yeah. So that put paid to any talk of any more kids, which I, I probably wouldn't have wanted more kids anyway. But anyway, the reason I'm talking about that is that we then jokingly talked about getting a dog as like a surrogate sort of baby, you know, like a fur mm. baby thing, which I hate dogs being called fur babies, but I was like, yeah. Right. And then we, t- when we got semi-serious about it and we talked about it for about eight years, but we both work. Um, I've still got a day yeah. job because, you know, the comedy's not gone that quickly for me. Um, so, <laughs> um, and, uh, and we were like, well, I'm not leaving a dog at home all day. I'm not paying for someone else to walk my dog, you know. And then lockdown came around, and so I got a lockdown dog, um, which was my first dog. My wife's obviously got experience with him, but yeah, I got Eric, who's uh, he's part beagle, part border collie, and, and he's a legend, but he's also a total twat. He's brilliant. He's just <laughs> he's nuts. He's absolutely nuts, but he's lovely. Um, and because I work from home during the day now, he's just like my best mate now. He just comes and sits on my feet while, while I'm at work, and nice. you know, it's, it's great. And it, it's been from a mental health point of view, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done because I have to walk him twice a day now, so I get fresh oh, air, I get yeah. exercise, I get time on my own with him. Um, and yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, so it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to get out already. Yeah. This is this is how my brain works. Though I'm already like shit. One day he's not going to be here. You know, <laughs> so sad. But I've, a friend of ours has just had their dog put down. I was like, oh fuck, he's only he's only two. I've got to eat easy oh, another mate. ten years with him, God willing. But I'm like fucking hell, right? Yeah. Shit, you know. So value every moment, kind of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. um, we never. Yeah, we never had. We had a cat, um, but. I don't know, I was I was never there when we got the cat and then I was a, I became a teenager and so I wasn't wasn't around. So, you know, but I had a dog when I was with my ex-wife we had a dog. We had a little black pomeranian called Elvis and and yeah, it was nice having a dog. I liked it. And mm. you know, we're talking about getting another one, but maybe we uh, there's all manner of talk about babies and dogs and all sorts. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know what yeah. we're going to do, but um yeah, it's again, nice. Rich, babies again. Fucking hell. Mate, I tell you, yes. I had this massive conversation <laughs> with Kate. When we got together, she's she's 36. She'll be 37 in April. So she was. we had the chat and she just said, look, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I really want to have children. What do you think? She says, I love you. But it's kind of a, you know, it's a thing. And, and I went, I was sort of, I'd already been thinking about it anyway. And I was like, well, I'm 50. Do I want to have kids now? I'll be 51. I, was like, I don't know, really. And then I was like, well, do you know what? Right, I'll probably be I'll probably be a decent parent. I was The other two I've had, they're, they're good lads. They've grown up to be damn fine. Up, you know, have you? I haven't completely <laughs> fine. I'm sure there's some scars in there somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I was like, do you know what? Yeah, why not? You know, what I have noticed, though, dogs, going back to dogs, people are taking them places. Like Then they go, oh, yeah, I can't leave him. Like, it's a dog. You yeah, can't, yeah, you can leave can't it. take it yeah, everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we t- we tend not to take ours too often. We take him sometimes as a like a, a cafe type place we go to where in the summer we can sit outside with him and he loves it. Um, mm. But yeah, we don't take him everywhere. Um, we, we leave him. We don't leave him for like a whole day. We leave him for like yeah. half a day. Um, but he's he's happy. He just sits and sleeps. He's not bothered. Um, yeah, so, dogs are fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I find that we the other day I was on the train and there were dogs everywhere and I could hear the various conversations. People were, you know, and they're going, oh, yeah, well, we don't leave him or we take him here. And I'm like, don't, yeah, now it's reliant on the fact that you take it everywhere. Now you're fucked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just yeah, leave it in your house. Right. Yeah, it's like people <laughs> who carry their dogs as well. He's got legs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let you know, carry them. Don't fucking handbag or, you know. <laughs> Although I did say I'd never let my dog, we'd never buy him, like, clothes, as it were. Never dress our dog in anything. And then at Christmas, he gets a fucking Christmas jumper and also I'm soft as shit now because my kids love it. And it's like, all oh, right, whatever. And secretly, I kind of love it, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I was like, what are you dressing the dog up for? He's a dog. He's got he's got his own clothes. It's his fur, you know. And now it's like, yeah, yeah. you can have a jumper if he wants a jumper. As if he wants it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. Say, oh, I'd love yeah. a jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll get him some vouchers for, for Christmas so he can pick his own Although, jumper. My uh my wife's sister, her other sister and her wife have a dog and they got, matching pyjamas for all three of them for Christmas. That's where I draw the fucking line. That's oh, too fuck much. off. Come on, man. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the matching pyjama family Christmas thing anyway that some people do. I think it's a sign of some sort of dysfunctional family. But adding the dog into it, is getting the same outfit for the, for the dog, that's just too much. Matching pyjamas. She, she won't listen to this anyway because she doesn't care about what I do. So <laughs> fuck it. But it's like, I just think... This will be fun. the one. This will be the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck it, I'm being bothered now. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there is. I saw there was an explosion of that this year. People were wearing all mat- matching pyjamas. They've all it's they've odd. all piled over each other's out. Yeah. But it's like a family WhatsApp group. No, I'm not. Uh, we have one of those, but that, that came about during lockdown and it's just never kind of, kind of gone away. Right. So right, we didn't right. have it before lockdown. And then during lockdown, it was like, because of the wife's family had dotted all it, like, they're all relatively local, except for my brother in law who's up in Scotland. And it was like, right, we'll just have that for like check ins and stuff. And it's, you know, it can get a bit arsy. But it's, I suppose it just means like it's easier communication. But yeah, I sort of, I, quite, I'm, I secretly mute it quite often and just catch up with it later <laughs> and chat and chat, you know. It's, it's just, I don't know. Wait, maybe it's because my family aren't, they're not really, they, we all love each other. Of course we do. But, we don't have a lot in common. We don't. No. We don't chat. And I'm so like with my family, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A I'm WhatsApp group would be alien. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, I'm youngest of five, and we don't communicate regularly at all. They're all down south, and I'm I'm up in Yorkshire, and um, you know, we just sort of communicate. Not when we have to, but when there's a reason to. If you know what I mean, it's not like a forced yeah. thing. But there has to be a catalyst for it. So we don't just have like a checking in. How are you doing? Um, it's normally like there's a wedding, there's a birthday, there's something happening. And we'll get in yeah. touch. Um, and that was one of the things, actually, me and my brother, brothers don't get on too well. And that was one of the things I talked about a lot in therapy was kind of like, why? Why don't I? And oh, it's because my. of like, not an awful lot of shit. It's, it wasn't even anything particularly bad, but it's stuff that happens in your past. And then you define people by incidents rather than their yeah. kind of character. And it's just like, I can't be bothered with them. Do you know what I mean? And now I've kind of realized that that's not that fair. So trying to yeah. get a few inroads into like just having a little bit more of a regular conversation. But, you know, we're not going to be going on windy walks together or anything like that. That's a shame though. It's, it, it, unless it, it is a bit things, of a shame, you know? you know, but like you say, when you've not got a lot in common as well, it's just like, and, and they're at the other end of the country. It's like they're out of sight, out of mind a lot of the time. And yeah, like it, it can take a lot of energy rebuilding that relationship. And, you know, they're, they're sort of quite a bit older than me and stuff. And it's like, is it, you know, 
who's got a time, you know? So we'll just, we'll be polite and we'll get on with each other socially a little bit and stuff like that. But I don't think we'll yeah. have any deep and meaningfuls anytime soon. See, that's how, that's how I think a family should be. <laughs> yeah. Estranged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Distant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. makes it easy to deal with. Yeah. Just, yeah. My, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't, you know, like my brother, I've got a brother and a sister. And we don't, you know, we, my, my brother and I only message each other once a year. And that's at Christmas when he messages me and says, what do you want for Christmas? And I go, I'll have this. And he goes, great. What do you want? I go, I'll have that. And then that's it. And then yeah. I see him at Christmas and then I'm like, you all right? He's like, yep. Are you all right? Uh, yep. And it's not, we just, that's it. There's nothing to talk yeah. about. He's not, he's not a big conversation type person. Yeah. So he's, and he's happy. He's got his nice little life. He's got his job. You know, he's, he's, he's still, you know, he's doing what he's doing. He's, and I've said, I've, just, I've said to him, are you happy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Doesn't like change. Likes it as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Likes yeah. his films. Watches, he watches his films. He watches his old TV shows and that's it. That's what yeah. he does. Yeah, and he's happy. You go, all right, that's it. That's the main thing, isn't it? As long as he's happy. It's great. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, my I, my mum gets upset when she's like, I never hear from you. I'm like, mum, I don't hear from you either. You've got a phone and you don't message me. <laughs> and then, uh, but I suppose yeah. it's my duty. It's my duty as a son. I should be more, should be more on it. I don't know. It's hard work. Way, I, my, um, my mum remarried and my step, my, she remarried twice actually, but my first stepdad, I mean, this to me wasn't healthy. At the end of every day, he'd get home from work and the first thing he would do would ring his mum. Okay. Day. No. Every, five days a week, every day. Just to sort of check in, you know. And I used to think that was weird. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. It feels weird, you know. And it, it feels the, weird. The conversations were literally like, you know, this happened, that happened, speak to you tomorrow, kind of thing. But I just thought that's weird. Um, I can't, and, yeah. yeah. And I could go when I was when I, when I first moved away from home. I could go literally. I could go weeks and weeks without speaking to my mum because she's yeah. in the country. And then I've got a reason to speak to you. I'll speak to you, kind of thing. Or or shit, I haven't rung you for a while. I better ring you. Um, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah, every day was a bit odd. That's odd. I find it weird yeah. when, because when, I've said this before, but when, but I don't really, I don't ring people to, to have a chat. I'll, 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 a bit of texting and that, but I don't, I don't ring up just go, how you doing? I never do it. I never have done it. People don't do it to me. No. But I, I, again, I'm on public transport and I've seen people just sat there going through their phone and I can hear, and they're just ringing because they're just, I don't know if they're bored or what yeah. they're doing. They're on the bus and they're just ringing people. How are you doing? You all right? What have you been up to? What, what's weird is, like, because I'm like that, if someone actually, if, if my phone rings and it's got a mate's name on it or I think something's wrong, I may immediately go to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't communicate that way. But now, the advent of WhatsApp, I've, you know, I'm, I've become a voice note guy. You know, I'll send a voice <laughs> note rather than yeah. t- texting because it's easier if you're sending something long. And that's a relatively recent thing, but I'm much more comfortable. I'll speak, send it to you, you listen, and you speak and send it to me and I'll listen than having a two-way conversation over the phone. Yeah. It's a bit odd. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's weird how that happens. And, again, I, th- I don't know if that's a like a comfort thing. Like you say, we've just become used to not having that communication. But Yeah. I don't know what it is. I've, I've never been – I'm always – like I'll text you. Do you want to meet up? Yeah. And then I'll have a conversation with you when I see you. You know, mm. how's it going? Mm. What are you doing? But not, I won't ring you. You know, um, do you know what I mean? I won't ring you up and go, "How are you doing? How's it going?" It just, no. I just don't, do it. I just don't do it. And maybe I should. No, 
But then my mates would probably go, what's going on? Like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, it's odd. Odd. What are you doing that for, Rich? What's the matter, Rich? Are you ill? What's the matter? What's going on? You... <laughs> How long have you got, Rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That'd be it. That it would be weird now. It yeah. would be weird now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, got, I do have to get better at... This is the thing that's happening lately. I, this is why I'm going to go to the doctors, get my head looked at, because I am not replying to people's messages, and I don't know why. And I used to mm. be pretty good at that. But now I'm just days. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute. And then it's been, it's a week. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't reply to that message. And are they, like, important messages or are they just, um, like, incidental, like, they're the more incidental. You to? Yeah, yeah. There, there are, there's ones that if someone needs something now, yeah. I'll go, yeah, yeah, all right, hang on, let me get that for you. But, oh, Nero, if it's like, if it's just back and forth, I'd, yeah, I've just kind of just, just switched off, off a bit. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. I need to play. Do you know what I'd love to be able to do? Flush my head. I want to be able to like, you know, like when you get a jet wash and mm, just jet wash. Jet, yeah. Jet wash the inside of my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. You know what? A reboot and it, you know, it's like, yeah. Hit control, alt and delete and start again. This is it. Yeah. yeah Although yeah. I did, I did see a thing yesterday and this guy said, again, there's all these, when you end up spending far too much time on social media, just trolling through, scrolling through. And this guy said, what you want to do, just just splash cold water on your face. And he goes, and that'll, he goes, if you're feeling anxious, he goes, just press, split, uh, pre- just throw cold water on your face. And it's called like, it's called the dive something or other. And it's like, or the plunge something. And you, it's like when your mm. body feels like you've, di- you've dived into something and it, and it kind of resets you. So I gave it a bash and it worked. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, and I just got a wet face and fuck all happened. But. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like straight away I went, oh, no, I feel better. It was weird. Can you do it on other people? Just walk around with a nice cold bottle of water and just, you need a reset. <laughs> with a water pistol. Just go around squirting everyone. <laughs> so have you got anything? Have you got anything that kind of, like you, you want, you've had, you know, you've had your counselling and we've got meds and things yeah. like that. But is there anything that you do, you kind of go, that's what, I'm just going to go and do that for a minute. Just walk the dog. Walking the dog and, and genuinely gigs. Um, I've, not so much that I put a gig in, but if I haven't had um, a gig for a while, like a couple of weeks or whatever, I've had a quiet time, I get like twitchy. Not I get like almost like a hankering for it, you know, like a bit of yeah uh, withdrawal from it. And I, and I don't know what it is because if I go to a gig, nine times out of ten I come away and I feel, it, I feel much more, like I feel energised and refreshed mm. and a bit validated or whatever, or whatever the sort of emotional side of it is. And then that, if it's gone really well, that'll last me a week. And then I start to come down from it a bit. So it's been really positive from that point of view. But then the flip side of it is if I do have a couple of weeks off and occasionally my missus will say to me, you're knackered, you're overdoing it, you know, you need a bit of time because you're burning out. And she's right. She's always fucking right. Um, But you don't (laughs) always want to listen to it because you think, no, because there's always a better gig coming up or there's always this coming up. And, um, but I genuinely find it. I've spoken to a few acts about it, and, and there isn't a single comedian I know who who um, would give up comedy if it meant they had never had a mental health issue. They would yeah. still want to do it, you know. And and uh, I just I just fucking love it. Um, I remember actually because you were you were at my first ever proper gig. Um, oh, I've yeah. done a, I did a charity course, um, and I did. We were all meant to do five minutes each, 
and um, I got put on last by I don't know if you know Jim Bays, James Bays. Um, no. He was running oh, the maybe. course. He's he's up in Leeds, and he um, he put me on last, and I I butchered my set down to the smallest amount, and it was twelve minutes. <laughs> I still did twelve minutes, and everyone was meant to do five. So I've never done like five minute sets ever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then what I didn't understand about the industry was that. You know, once I'd done that, I was meant to just go to like the open mic nights with ten people and a dog or whatever, and just just slog it out there. And the, so the first gig I got was as a, a middle with and Troy was opening. I think Tom Rigglesworth as the MC. Troy was opening. My was Troy Hall, and then you were headlining, and um, and that was the night when I really got the bug. And it was it was part something you'd said to me actually was you were fucking lovely to me. Um, oh, you, you sort of you, you complimented me on my set and you asked me how long I've been doing it. And I was like, this is actually my first proper gig. And you told me to fuck off, which was great. And then you were like, if you want to, if you're actually really serious about doing this, you can do this. And it was just that moment where I was like, someone who knows what they're talking about, who's never met me, who's got nothing invested in this, wants me to do well and thinks I can. And my experience largely, some obviously like any industry, you get some dicks, but most yeah. people in comedy don't see you as a rival. They see you as a colleague or a peer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's just been great. I've, I've, what's the, it's a bit of a wanky phrase, but I heard it on a podcast. I found my tribe. Do you know what I mean? Right. Found my people, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's been fantastic. I, I, keep, I, I keep saying I should have done it years and years ago, but I don't think I'd have been any good years ago. I think I came to it at the time that was right for me to be yeah. okay at it, you know? Um, right. But I fucking, I just love the people. It's true. Do you know what? It's funny. I get obsessed about it. It's weird. We we talked about this on Ross McGrain's episode, and he was saying, so we were talking about tribes, and uh, not just in comedy, but... You know, everyone's trying to find their people. Like we were talking about flat earthers and you know, a lot of it, you know, they found their people and that's why, that's what everyone's looking for. And that's true. With, with comedy, yeah, most people are pretty cool and everyone's very supportive. And we kind of lost that. That's one of the reasons we all struggled in the lockdowns because we lost our mm. little world. And I think that's the same with lots of people. They lost their little world, you know, and that's yeah. why it was great that Zoom kicked on and, and social media, you know, we did yeah, become yeah. more... Yeah by the internet so you know we are just I looking for with, with that was that, was that i tried a few zoom gigs during lockdown and it just i just didn't get anything from it and it went well the performance wise they went well enough but i got i got absolutely bugger all from i didn't get that same feeling and it's because of that you know you didn't have a green room chat you didn't have a car share you didn't have yeah. the pleasure of sitting at the back of the room and, and watching a mate smash it and and knowing when the audience are going to laugh because you've seen it before and you're predicting this and that yeah. and all of that stuff where you you, you know the, you buzz off it and and that was it just left me cold really so when we got back to gigging it was fantastic it was it was a real boost um yeah and I, I genuinely do love watching. I'm not one of these people as a student of comedy. I've never been like that. I've never, you know, I don't watch many of the American guys. I don't watch many, you know, I, I know what I like and I watch it, but I, mm. I love being in a room with three or four other comedians and just seeing what they've got to offer and, and, and sort of, and, and the best bit is when you, when you don't predict it, when you get someone and you can't tell where they're going to go. Yeah. Because they're that good at it that the mechanics of it have gone out of your mind as a comedian. You don't, you can't spot the tricks or the, you know, um, yeah, yeah, Troy's, yeah. Troy's show that he did at Edinburgh last year, the Sigmund Troyd, I actually involuntarily almost heckled at one point as a bit towards <laughs> the end of the show. I was in the second row. I'd, I'd gone to see it. On, I'd one day in Edinburgh. I'd gone to see it, and I ended up sat with Jack Gledo, who's a, a mate of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Brilliant. 
there's a bit towards the end where everything slots into place and you realize just how much all these different parts of his show have been woven together and i actually in like i would never do this to another to a colleague and i just went fuck off like that and i thought <laughs> i thought i'd thought it in my head yeah <laughs> and I hadn't. yeah 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 and actually troy, troy being troy milo being brilliant just fucking wove it in but it was, and I was just blown away, you know, and that's what I love. I love that as well yeah. as the performing side of it. I love watching people do well and, and bring in the laughter, you know? Well, I think this is the thing. This is this is like we've all, this is what people need. We need that social side of stuff. I know there's a lot of people talking about social anxiety and things like that, but mm. the, 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 and working from home is great. But the, the and people hate getting up to go to work. But once you get to work, you get into your flow. Then you see your colleagues, and then you're having your coffee, and you're having you're doing your work. And then after you're having a drink with your mates, you know, drink with them afterwards, and you know. And it, I think people need that. But the trouble is, because it's so expensive to get to work, mm. it, that's it. because everything's so fucking expensive, people are now more reluctant to go into the office. Mm. You know, and that's what, and this is. This is what needs to be addressed. This is what not being addressed by by whoever's in charge. You know, it's like make things more accessible, make things yeah. cheaper, then we'll be able to go. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. It, you know, it shouldn't cost it shouldn't cost you half your salary to get to work a year. No, it shouldn't cost you, um, you know, six quid for a fucking coffee. It shouldn't cost you this, that, and the other. And uh, and 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 that. And what's going to happen is we are going to se- we're going to separate again because we're all working yeah. from home. And that yeah, we, we need to be social again, aren't they? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if I if I didn't have like the night job of going out to gigs, then I wouldn't yeah. be as comfortable working from home during the day as I am, because I get that from comedy. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. feel the need to do that going into the office. I go into the office as rarely as I can. Um, but no, I think you're right. And um, lot, you know, COVID did a lot of things that, and it's changed some people's lives for the better. The after effects of it, but fucking yeah, some people it's just not for them. And I'd hate to think of people in isolation. My, my best mate, he lives on his own, um, and he spent and he's, he, he was shielding as well, um, mm. and he spent lockdown totally in isolation, apart from seeing his daughter like half the time, right, yeah. co-parents. And you know, I was genuinely worried about him, you know, because that's not an existence. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. it's, it's just well, it is an existence, but it's nothing more than that. You're just existing, yeah. you know. Exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah times, there's, no, there's friends of mine is friend of mine um rachel and i i, I think about her quite a bit because i know she's on her own she's got a son but i think about her quite a bit because i'm like you know she's on her own quite a lot and that must you must have you must have days where you go fucking hell fuck this you know there's mm. there's someone else i know faye and she's bed bound you know she's really ill mm. and all she's got is a connection to to the social media and mm. and i think about that and i'm like what have i got to moan about really when there's someone yeah, yeah. who's in that yeah. position. You need to remember, you need to remember what you do have and focus on that, I guess. Yeah. And I yeah, do yeah. worry about people on their own. It does, it does affect me. I'm, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to feel lonely. It bothers no. me. No, but well, it's know? literally a killer, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, ah, right, we're going to be fine. Do you know what? We're going to be fine. We keep talking to each other. We keep making sure that everyone around us is doing all right. That's the all That's we it, can man. do. All we can do. But this has been lovely. Thanks, Graham. Been a real, real nice time. It's, it's been a joy to speak to you, mate. It's been, um, you, mate. It's been lovely. I, like I said, I'm probably the, the least well-known person you've ever had on. Um, nah, mate. It's not about that. It's not. No, exactly. That's it. I was just yeah. surprised to, to to be able to do it. And it's a it's a real joy. So, um, And I, I genuinely think it's a brilliant podcast. So keep doing what you do, man. 
It's great. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. But that's the thing. That's the point of the podcast. Because there is a tend of people go, oh, you need big names, get people to listen to it. Mm. But then you go, but I want to talk to people that I like. I want to talk to people that I I have a good chat. I have got a good rapport with, you know. Mm. And that's why it's good to have you on. That's lovely. It's nice lovely. for pe- people to hear it. They're like, oh, that's nice. You know, that's yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. We'll, help, we'll help people along the line. Where can we find you on the socials, Graham? Uh, so uh, probably best to go to my website which is grahamrainer.co.uk it's got all my socials on there um, I, I do, used to have a decent Twitter account but I got banned for arguing with racists um, <laughs> so um, and then I, I am I am a 45 year old man on the TikToks as well so you can find me on TikTok yeah Graham spelt the Scottish way um, so uh, don't make that mistake um, but yeah it's just you know it's been lovely lovely thank really you mate it, man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.